morning, small business owners. So today we're going to talk a little bit about planning. The second principle in my series on uh, business principles. Um, all right. So episode 43 of Up and to the Right. Planning is one of the key principles in successful small business operations, but it can also be a trap uh, that I call, I call plan procrastination. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about what a plan is, uh, how much planning is needed, uh, you know, some tools regarding planning or to some tools we can use to plan. And uh, is there a planning process that you can kind of standardize that's work that works, that's practical for small businesses? So it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast live stream where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking those proven business principles and applying them in ways that are unique and creative to help you move your business forward. All right, so today... Like I said, episode 43, planning for small business success. And the, the principle at play that we've talked about already a little bit is planning itself. That's one of the key principles that we talked about in episode 41. Um, and the main, uh, uh, the, first, the first thing I want to talk about is does planning matter to small business? And, you know, if, if you... If you lack planning, you take action without intent and that wastes time and money. All right. But if you over plan, you waste time and you push improvements down the road. So the benefits of those improvements, the things you might be gaining by having implemented something new, you don't get as quickly because you keep planning. So you're over planning and you're pushing the results down the road as well. And those are things we want to avoid. So we need to create a balance around those two items, over planning and under planning. Uh, by nature, I'm a planner. Uh, and, and some small business owners, and I should say I'm a planner sometimes, and I'll get into this mode of planning where I just start digging into something uh, beyond the scope of helpful. And we'll talk about that. Um, and, and I've recognized that I do that. Uh, small business owners in general, we don't necessarily like to plan. We like to fly by the seat of our pants. And I'll do that too um, in some cases. So it really depends. I think if, I, if I'm thinking about it, when something, when it's a technology issue, something that might involve something nerdy and cool, I will tend to dig into that more deeply than is appropriate for the project or, or for that business. And so I need to, uh, I have to rein myself in when I'm looking at technology solutions. Um, but where I might under plan is in something that like, um, accounting structure or something like that, where it isn't my forte and doesn't pique my interest. And so I think part of that is, is the, the concept of if you're interested in something, if something excites you, like I like to nerd out on software, that's great, but uh, it does create an environment where I might tend to dig into that a little bit too much 
Whereas if it's something I'm not particularly interested in, I won't plan enough. But we have to find some kind of balance. And that's what I want to talk about uh, in part today as well. So how do we create an, a, a situation, a framework, a structure for ourselves in our business that is formal enough to get work done, but informal enough to be uh, something that we can implement and continue using as small business owners with limited resources. And, and that's the balance that we need to strike. Uh, um, so what is a plan? Uh, you can look in the dictionary and, and find, or, or, you know, go to merriamwebster.com or whatever and find the definition of a, of a plan. Uh, and it's actually fairly simple and I'm not going to even bother with it because I don't think it's helpful to us as business owners. For, for me, the plan, a plan needs to be a series of listed milestones and actions that when complete will achieve a specific outcome. And there's a lot of stuff there that isn't actually in the definition of a plan, you know, in, in, in terms of, of the definition or the dic the dictionary definition of a plan. Um, but there are three components in that definition that I think are critical to uh, being able to use a plan successfully in a small business uh, uh, situation. One is that you have a stated outcome. You have to understand what you're trying to accomplish specifically before you put action into it. And the second thing is milestones and a milestone. It's important that we don't confuse a milestone with an action item. A milestone is a guidepost along the way, a specific, um, uh, whether it's time sensitive or resource, uh, associated or something like that. It's a specific point along uh, a point of progression along the road to that specific outcome, but it's not a specific task. It's not, um, you know, pay this vendor for this process or for this item. It's, um, you know, achieve this specific part of the journey to the, to the, uh, outcome of your plan. So that's, we need to have milestones. And, and we'll, we'll need to have milestones and we'll talk about this a little bit more because, uh, the larger a plan is the less of it, we're going to be able to focus on at one time as small businesses. Um, uh, and so the next step is action steps. And these are the things where this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where stuff actually gets done. And that's obviously very important. In fact, it's, it's, I think the most important thing that we do is the action to achieve the goal. And you can't, I mean, there's always the argument that you have to, um, plan well enough so that you don't run into unforeseen things or whatever, but there's a balance we have to strike as small business owners because we don't have unlimited resources. We have limited resources and limited time to associate with any plan, whether it's new product development, whether it's implementation of a new uh, uh, a new process or even planning the entire, um, startup or development, startup growth, expansion and maturity phases of our business. When you plan within those, those regions, you still need to, to have these components, um, uh, so that you can have a plan that makes sense, that is cogent. So, so what is a plan? 
It's just a series of milestones and actions that when they're done, will achieve a specific outcome. It's that simple. So we don't want to overcomplicate it. That's what it is. And the three elements that, that are in that statement are critical to success. So the next thing I want to talk about, once you've achieved the idea, or once you understand what a plan really is, uh, the next thing I think is really important for, for business owners is the concept of planning horizon. And uh, so, uh, hold on one moment. I'll be right back. All right. Sorry about that. I'm an army of one today at the office uh, for social distancing reasons and uh, uh, had somebody walk in the door. So um, anyway, sorry about that. So the idea, uh, the next concept I want to talk about is the concept of planning horizon. And the only plan, we only want to plan to the extent of our ability to act. And that doesn't mean, so, so what, what does that actually mean to you is we have, again, we go back to those limited resources. We only have so much that we can do, right? And we, if we plan beyond our ability to act, it's very possible that by the time we get to the point where we could actually take those actions, the situation will have changed. And then all the time we spent planning that particular part of a project was wasted because now we have to change the plan anyway. So, so what does that mean? What in, in practical terms, that's what we really use our milestones. So when you create a plan, you have this outcome that you desire, you add milestones, and you can put those milestones further out than your ability to act. But the action plan itself, we limit to the frame, to the time frame where we can actually plan to take action, where we can foresee the availability of resources and, uh, the, um, and, and hold them accountable to get things done, whether that's us, an outside vendor or a, um, uh, a coworker. So we only plan to the extent of our ability to act. And so that's our planning horizon. And that's also, uh, critical. So there's a, uh, a, a basically a four step planning process that I think works pretty well. The first step is to identify the outcome that you want. And uh, the next step is to determine the starting point. The next step is to list your milestones, which we talked about a little bit already. And then finally, you want to list actions within your planning horizon. So let's talk about each of those things individually. Um, what is what does it mean when I talk about identifying the outcome? It might sound kind of like a no-brainer, um, but I've seen a lot of work go down a road to a destination no one looked at in the first place, you know, where people just get on the road and drive and, and they don't really know where they're headed. So the first step is to back up and say, all right, where are we trying to go in the first place with this project? Um, and for small businesses, 
I think this needs to be a single sentence. Um, and that is, what do you want to do? You know, a single sentence that describes the outcome. So let's, let's take an example. We want to coordinate and structure customer interaction. Okay, simple sentence. We want to coordinate customer interaction so that it's all being done uh, the same way. And we want to structure it and maybe, maybe part of structure is having it in a common location. And we'll, we'll go through that example throughout this, this process. So, uh, I, I think it's really important to keep planning as simple as possible for small business because we do need to plan, but it needs to be, we can't make planning the focus of our business because we don't have the resources for that. There's no, I don't know. I literally don't know any small business owners who use Gantt charts in their day-to-day -day operations. And if you don't know what a Gantt chart is, don't even worry about it. You don't need to know. Um, it's a project management tool that most small businesses can't afford to use because they are, um, they're just too complicated and take too many resources. And that's the point. We have to create plans that are practical that we can, we can, A, we can write down and document without spending too much time, follow without spending too much time, and, um, and, and then repeat. So, you know, a process that we can use that we don't feel bad about, oh my gosh, I have to plan this thing because it's, we dread the whole concept of it because we've made it so burdensome. So we really have to keep it simple. Um, so we, we've identified the outcome. We, then we go back to what is the starting point? And in order to get some, but get somewhere, you do need to understand where the destination is, but you also need to know where you're starting from. And so let's take that example with, with the, uh, customer interaction that we were talking about before. So maybe we currently have three people who deal with customers and each has their own communication methods, schedule, and information storage. Uh, Joe uses sticky notes to document everything on a wall behind his desk. Suzanne wants everything on a spreadsheet, and Stacy writes everything uh, down in a planner. Okay, those may individually be very successful methods of doing business, and that's our starting point. Okay. Those things don't fit the outcome that we want because we just said we wanted to, it to be coordinated and structured. So, um, and, and so we have to do something about it. Uh, and that's the next step. What is the difference between the outcome that we're trying to get to and our starting point? And in, in uh, business language, we might call that a gap analysis. You know, the difference between where we want to go and where we are. This can really be the hardest part. Um, and it's also one of the most important parts of planning, because this is where you have to dig into how do you articulate the difference between the coordinated structure that you want and the disparate systems that everybody's using now. And so, but it's also it, like I said, it's really important because if you don't know what you want to achieve with a project, you're going to, uh, spend a lot of energy going around in, in different directions that aren't going to 
get you to the outcome that you want. And uh, you end up taking a winding road to your outcome instead of the most direct path. And we don't have the time or the resources to wind any more than we absolutely have to. So the, the gap analysis that we might have in this scenario is that we want a common database common and a common communication process for, for a cohesive customer experience so that each customer has the same experience and, uh, uh, that, and we have a common database so that if somebody takes a vacation, that their, the information that, that that person stores is stored in the database so that the other people that are on the staff can still get to it and handle that customer while the person's gone, while that particular salesperson is gone. And so that, that, that gap is, uh, you know, the fact that we don't have a common database and a common process is, is how we support the project outcome of having a coordinated, uh, structure and a, ha, how to coordinate customer activity and have a structured interaction process or have structured interaction. So, uh, once we've identified that gap, the difference between what we want and what we have, then you go back to listing the milestones. What are the significant points that you're going to go through to get from where you are to where you want to be? And this can be significant dates. It can be long lead items. If you have something that's going to take a while to, to get, um, you may have, uh, uh, things that, um, you need, you can or should outsource if you don't have expertise in an area, uh, or equipment to, pr to produce something, you might need to outsource something. Um, you might need temporary help if you need to do a data entry project or something like that, where you don't have the staff on hand to do all the data entry, or it's going to take an inordinate amount of time. You might want to, uh, bring someone in to do that. Uh, some examples in this particular uh, customer service uh, project example, uh, you might need to research database options. That might be a milestone is, is that you've researched the database options and you know what they are. Um, you might want to do a needs analysis. You might want to determine what your needs are, what your customer needs are, and that might be a milestone. Uh, you might want to choose between a dedicated CRM or another database option if you want a common database. Um, you can share an Excel spreadsheet. And if that does the job better than another solution, then maybe that's the right choice. But you need to make that determination, and that can be a milestone. Uh, you may need to, if you determine that uh, a CRM or a customer relationship management system is the right answer, you might say, okay, we got to, we need to, to do a research of CRMs and we need to get the, the three that we think are the most likely to be useful to us, um, for further review. That could be a milestone. Um, uh, the next milestone might be selected, having selected the CRM, training the staff, entering data. Those, those are all, um, milestones that may incorporate many steps individually below them. 
And, and what a milestone is, is going to depend on the project and the group that are working on the project. So there's no hard and fast rule necessarily to what a significant milestone is. Um, it's what works for you and your planning process. The, um, the next step is to list actions. And so again, we're going to go back to that, to, um, our, our action or our planning horizon, where we only want to list actions specific. You don't want to dig into this detail until you know, you can take action on it. Um, so, uh, you only want to plan specific actions within your capability to complete those actions. I usually actually keep this to about a week. Um, everything else I leave for the next week, I leave as milestones say, okay, next week we're going to be working on this. And it doesn't always come down to week it can be the next five rolling five day window or rolling seven day window or whatever. Um, and that's dependent on, on your operation. And I mean, you may have a production line where you have to plan 14 or 20 days out and you have to have specific actions for a project related to that production line that are really that long. Um, for example, if you have to shut the line down to do another customer's run on your production line, um, then you may have to plan 20 days in advance and you might have specific actions related to that project. That's okay. I'm just saying it's important to identify the time frame within which you can expect to take action and only plan the detail within that time frame. So you're not wasting time because by the time you get, um, past your visible window of action, the, the game has changed enough that you might not need this action or this action might have changed or the order might have changed. So, um, and if something is routine, then that's, a, that isn't really what I'm talking about when I talk about planning, when it comes to a project. Um, so, uh, the, the list of actions, it's, uh, dependent on your project and you just need to understand what your, your planning horizon looks like so that you can make a realistic plan of action or list of actions. Um, so I wanted to touch a little bit about on, on, uh, how much planning is enough. And in episode 21 of up and to the right, I talked about plancrastination, which is procrastination as a result of over planning, right? Just planning, 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 and never getting any work done. Um, and in that episode, I talked about a, a specific rule that I think is, is really helpful. And that is if additional planning will not provide a significant increase in the odds of success, then you're done planning and it's time to act. So as you look at your planning process, identify where you are and say, okay, how much more planning is really going to be helpful? And this has to, for me, this has to be a constant, a conscious question, because if I don't ask the concept conscious question, I end up continuing to plan instead of saying, oh, well, planning needs to be done. It's time to do some work now. And not the planning's not work, but it, it planning doesn't actually get you results. So, 
that's a, a good kind of guideline that I like to use to help me say, to, to kind of rein in the planning process is, is this really, is any more planning really going to create a significant increase in the odds of success um, for the, for this project? All right. So we've talked about what a plan is for business. We've talked about the planning process that, that I use. And we've talked about some guidelines around the specific steps and how to decide whether or not you're planning enough or too much. Um, I talked earlier about, you know, in the, in the introduction about whether or not, or about what tools you might use to plan. And I mentioned Gantt charts. I would certainly, unless you're just absolutely fluid with a Gantt chart, I would not recommend using them for small business planning. Uh, but what tools are useful are simply a function of what works in your situation for you. Most of the time when I'm doing planning for my businesses, I use a notebook, moleskins. I like them. They write better than other notebooks. I don't know what to tell you. That's what I like. Um, but you could do it with a spiral notebook that you got for 99 cents. That's fine. It will work fine. So, um, I, I write on a notebook and I use two software packages depending on the project. So if I'm doing an internal project where it's just me, I use a program called Todoist, which is basically just a list manager. Um, works great. It's very simple and it's, it's easy. Um, if I have a project that's going to require that I communicate with a customer, I use a, pro a program called Monday and, uh, Monday allows you to, uh, have, it's an online, it's a cloud platform where you can have project management and it's actually got a lot of other features. You don't have to use those for this particular thing, you know, for project management, but then you can, uh, invite customers to view the project. Um, and that doesn't add to your cost. You can also invite them as editors and then you can, you can pay a little bit more for the software and that's okay too. Um, I don't usually like to have, uh, I, I like to, to have clients just have read only access to see what the status of a project is and then contact me if they have any questions rather than having other people modifying the project and then maybe me not seeing a, an update or something and not knowing that, uh, something got changed. So I like to keep track of that a little differently, but th the tools are really what's comfortable for you. There are lots of, of project management tools. I actually don't recommend digging into those unless you have complex projects or you feel like that's going to, or maybe you have experience with them, in which case, if that works for you, great. Um, or you feel like it's going to provide you some kind of accountability or something that will help you. Um, like I said, for me, I write stuff down in a notebook and then put, uh, I write the project down in a notebook and then, uh, or, uh, usually what I will do is write it down in the notebook, get my, my, um, my thoughts together. And then I will document it in a Google doc 
put it on my Google Drive, and and then my tasks will either go in Monday or Todoist. That works for me, um, and and you can but you can do it any way you want. I find the ta- the activity of writing helps clarify my thinking. Documenting it in a word processor makes it legible for other people, and then uh, using a to do list to uh, of some kind, whether it's Monday or or Todoist, um, gives me date driven stuff for the the action steps. So if you to back up through that a little bit, if you go to the four step process that I talked about before, when we talk about um, identifying the outcome and determining your starting point, those are just writing processes, right? And that I do in my notebook. And then the milestones, uh, I'll list the milestones that I immediately can think of, um, you know, as part of that writing process. And then I'll shift it from the notebook to the, uh, to the Google Doc. And then uh, I'll start putting the action items to achieve those milestones as they as they uh, become appropriate in Todoist. I don't go in and put every every milestone and every task I expect into my to-do list, whether it's Monday or Todoist. I put the ones I'm gonna do that week, that's it. So, um, and, that, and that works for me. Then uh, that, uh, let's see, yeah. Then, so, so the tool, it's not as important as having control of the process. It's what's important is that you have a tool that works for you and in your environment, um, whatever that it could be a chalkboard. It could be a whiteboard. It can be an Excel spreadsheet. It could be, um, it could be a Gantt chart. It's just whatever will work for you, whatever you feel the most comfortable with and will work in your environment. So in terms of practical action, uh, what we do is, uh, or what I would suggest is that you create, uh, maybe make a quick template in whatever word processor you use that where you can draw, write a description and list the, the steps that we talked about. And then no, don't fill it out. Just put project description, step one, step two, step three, step four, and uh, which are you know, go back to, uh, identify the outcome, identify the starting point, list the milestones and list the actions required to, uh, to achieve them. And keep in mind, in fact, write these two things in the document. Also thing number one is your planning horizon. The statement about planning horizon only plan details within the capability of your business to act. That way you're not planning stuff that you can't, you're, or planning action that you can't actually deal with um, in a time frame that's reasonable. And then the second thing if is the guideline that if additional planning will not provide a significant chance or a significant increase in the odds of success, then stop planning and start working. Okay. Um, and I guess the last piece of that is to keep it short. I think a plan for a small business for most things, the actual plan, not the action list, because that can, you know, action list, there can be a lot of actions for pretty much any plan, but the actual plan itself should be on one piece of paper. 
You shouldn't have to go any deeper than one piece of paper for most plans for small business. If you are going deeper than that, um, I think you might be falling into the trap of, of um, plan procrastination. And you also need to look at planning versus the value of getting it done. And, and so that's not a hard and fast rule, but when I start writing beyond one page for a plan, I have to go back and say, all right, this is more complicated than it really needs to be, or I'm adding too much detail, or maybe there's two projects here. That's the other thing. If you're starting to incorporate so much content that you can't document the scope of a project on a single page, you might have two projects on your hands. And that's just something to keep in mind. So create a template that you can use that has those components and then, uh, and then start using that and keeping, uh, keeping in mind that, that we need to plan, but we need to keep planning as simple as possible and as effective as possible so that we continue to do it. And we continue to do it with a process that we can repeat so that we can get better at the process and also um, have something we can rely on uh, uh, and build a habit around so that planning at the right level for our business becomes a habit that we can integrate into our day-to-day lives. All right, so that's basically it. Um, Next week, we're going to talk about uh, communication. I anticipate that will probably be a slightly longer episode. I think we're about 37 minutes right now. Um, It will probably be a little bit longer uh, because there's a lot of things going on with communication and we will talk about video communication. That's a big thing right now. Um, I did do an episode on on video communication a couple couple weeks ago, Um, but we'll dig into that a little bit and we'll talk about uh, how to use communication, how to apply the, the principle of good communication in your small business. So um, our vision at Beyond 50% is successful entrepreneurship and small business ownership is the rule, not the exception. Uh, We help business owners uh, develop solutions and fix specific problems or implement new business processes and uh, or features that enable you to add value according to your passion. So if you need some help with that, give us a call. Up and to the Right Live is every Thursday at 10 a.m. And with that, it's time for me to get back to work.